0: Hello and welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast, proudly brought to you by the fatherhood.com and Parents at Work in Partnership. Uh, today, behind the mics, we have the co-founders of the Fatherhood. I'm Jeremy. We have Luke here. We have Andrew here. And we are talking about relationships. Here we go, wow. boys.
1: Relationships. Yeah. Wow. What a way to finish. It's a How bang. How long have we got? Talk- yeah, exactly. Talking about
2: a bang. <laughs> talking about bang, Andrew. <laughs> there's, there's an old saying, isn't there? That having a child is like throwing a hand grenade into a relationship. And I think that kind of captures just how it does completely shatter, you know, the existing dynamic as you suddenly turn from being a two into a three. And I think, I don't know about you, but I think I was pretty shell shocked by that. I hadn't expected it. And, uh,
1: <laughs> do we, do we have to keep using war metaphors or, I'm, I'm, you
2: know, I'm working with, I'm working with the, with the theme. Um, and you know, I mean, how about you, Andrew? Do you still got any any embedded shrapnel in in you? <laughs>
1: There's two things about that quote, Luke, and I'm horrified that you used it. Number one, it's utterly brutal, and number two, it is startlingly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bloody business. It is. Uh, it is incredibly. Uh, it is. It. It's just. It's exactly that. It's. A, it's a. It's a blast.
0: Three certainly is a crowd in my experience, (laughs) I've got to tell you. (laughs) The romantic dinners seem to dial back uh, from once you become parents and and all
1: the rest of it. It it really does change everything, doesn't it? And no matter how, I think it changes everything, but what it really does that just makes it sort of impossible to navigate around is that the dynamic that you had with your partner as a team of two – is you know you suddenly just have this uh, you're suddenly both full time employees for this little human being and there's a whole new discussion about how to how to do that. I'd
0: call it a negotiation uh, rather than a discussion. It's like a yeah, true. intense kind of hostage kind of situation that you're in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to keep the relationship going is pretty hard.
2: And I think I think actually statistically, it's also shown that like a, a lot of couples do. Uh, you know, st- struggling in their marriages in their, I think it's like 18 months after after they've had a baby, a lot of couples do sort of seek some sort of like counselling or something like that. So it's, it really is a thing. So, you know, if you ha- if you are experiencing a few hiccups, you know, you're definitely not alone.
1: Well, the, the yeah. good news is we've got someone here. We might save you a, a few bucks in counselling because we've got someone to help today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I had a chat with
0: Aaron Williams, who's a ripping bloke. And to your point, Luke, he, he's a counsellor. So he's spoken with... Um, dads and couples that are going through these relationship challenges after having children. And in addition to that, Aaron's the CEO and co-founder of Mindstar, which is a leading workplace wellbeing provider, working with some of the biggest um, companies in Australia on how to manage a lot of these challenges. So I had a great chat with Aaron about the impact of children on relationships and some of his tips on how couples can navigate their way through it. Here's what Aaron had to say. Aaron thanks so much for making the time to be on the podcast.
3: Hey Jeremy, great to be here mate.
0: Awesome, so today we're talking about relationships with partners and the impact that becoming a p- parents can have on relationships and whether the kind of post-kids relationship is what we all signed up for uh, back in the first instance. And so you've seen this, you've experienced it firsthand and with family members and also obviously in the work that you do professionally. I'm keen to hear your thoughts on what you've seen the impact can be when people become parents.
3: Yes, mate, it's 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 pretty clear what the results um, say to us that you know most most parents and carers right across Australia are finding it really difficult to to balance their work and their family commitments. and And what suffers is their their, their own personal wellbeing and and also um, relationships. So it's all that stuff that we know about. You know, it's the fatigue, it's the stress, it's the anxiety, even depression, um, and, and and this is what what puts maximum uh, pressure on our, especially our loving relationships with our partner.
0: Yeah, for sure. It certainly becomes a pressure cooker, doesn't it, from um, nights out at restaurants and going to see bands or whatever, those things we did were pre-kids. They certainly go out the window and um, the pressure increases hugely. So, so. What, what are the sort of things that you see in the people that you talk to when once they become parents and the, the things that come up in regards to the impact on their relationships? What are the sort of stories you hear or the perspectives that you hear um, from people that become parents and the issues that can come up?
3: Look, I think, I think what happens is you're, you're in this, you start off as a single person, especially for blokes. You start yep. off as as a single bloke. You've got a whole bunch of freedom. You're usually hanging out with your mates, living in a share house. You're playing sport. It's all these sorts of things. You then, you know, make a commitment into a relationship. <clears throat> you're all of a sudden there's two of you trying, to, and and usually that's hopefully not difficult because you still have all that freedom. I mean, yep. I, you know, as as a as the father of of two boys and in in a in a marriage, and I just I wonder what I did with all my time. You know, you've got all this, all, this, all this flexibility and you can sleep in. And So I think what happens is you kind of take it for granted sometimes that just because you get along, just because you've fallen in love, just because you get married, that you're going kind to of keep agreeing. And what happens then is you get this third person arrive. And what this third person does is actually doesn't let you sleep, puts you both under immense pressure. There's financial stress and then you're supposed to somehow – try and maintain a, a you know a full-time job or two full-time jobs. And I think in our modern kind of uh, two-income economy, it puts pressure on relationships and families like I don't think we had when, you know, I'm 47, when I was younger, you know, I, I don't think there was as much that financial pressure as there is now.
0: It's interesting you mentioned that two-income economy, this juggle that we're all kind of experiencing as modern parents, working and, I mean, dad's getting more involved in, domestic duties than ever before, and women getting more involved in the workplace than ever before, all fantastic things, but it sounds like it leads to this increased pressure as well on the home front.
3: Absolutely, and on the relationship, because there's no yeah. there's no real book. It's different, to, it's different to what we saw growing up, so we're making it up as we go along, and it's great to have this whole great philosophy that, you know, it's, it's completely equal and we're split down the middle, and, you know, I try and have that with my wife, but it's hard because... It's complex. you both got jobs, you're both, you're both trying to parent, you're both trying to keep, maintain friendships you, it, it's, and do all the stuff around the house. Like it's, it, there's no, there's no template that we're following. So if you're not on the same page, if you don't have really good communication, honest communication, if you're not both willing to meet halfway and actually sit down and bash that out and, and kind of come to an agreement, then it often ends in tears.
0: Yeah. One thing I've often felt when we talk about it at the fatherhood is it's hard to know what the scoreboard is now, like uh, what success looks like. Because um, I think back in previous generations, kind of earn enough money and you're providing in an old school kind of sense for your family. But as you're saying, it's more complicated now, there's much more communication required. What
3: does success oh. look like? Yeah, it's hard. And I'm an executive well-being coach, so I work with everything, you know, senior leaders from large organisations, sort of through leaders through different business levels or different businesses in different industries. And mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how many men I get connected with them because they're making it more money than they ever imagined. Right. They're probably in the, in the role, which they always dreamed, They always thought they had to, to go into. Uh, they've got the family, they've got the house and everything else. And they go, you know what? I just feel empty i'm not sure what the meaning is and i was always told my family and my school and probably the government and my bank manager told me that if i did all this and went through uni and then climbed the ladder and just sort of it all it all just happened and and they they get to this level and this is supposed to be the the ultimate in your 40s 50s and and a whole bunch of them going you know what i didn't sign up for this i didn't sign <laughs> up for massive debt and stress <laughs> and and everything else and and a lot of them are also you know and this is when families are breaking down it's when relationships are breaking down so it's like how the hell did i do everything that i was told to do and i'm still feel like i've been screwed so it's it's a it's a really interesting time in history for men because it what what the work i do i think is take men immediately straight back to kind of back to what was important to them in the beginning and go, and yeah. how does that match up to where you are now? And so many blokes go, that's got no relationship to what's important to me. This this sort of transactional corporate world. So it's helping men get back to themselves, and, and until they do that, they can't be good partners and they can't be good good fathers. So it's 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 the really simple stuff, mate. That 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 really is most effective.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So it's actually, so you think a lot of men are uh, out there doing what they think they should do um, for. Their families and mm. not listening to themselves as much. That's sort of what you're saying and,
3: and yeah, talking about. Yeah, right. absolutely. They're actually what they're doing is what every, they think everyone else think what they should do for everyone else. And because yeah. and we're you know we're providers, we're you know all through time we're we're kind of the hunters and gatherer. You know, we're out there hunting and, and bringing stuff back to the cave or whatever. However you want to put it, it sounds pretty basic, but really, it's 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 quite. What we what I find a lot of men find themselves in the moment, they find that they're doing stuff for everyone else, if that makes sense. So they're actually, they're, they're doing, instead of doing what is important to them, they're doing things that are important to their wife, they're doing things that are important for their kids, for they're doing things important for their organisation, even for the community or the school, and there's no time left for them. And, you know, we've all got these six buckets that we need to, in our life, you know, things like um, uh, physical health, emotional, mental, spiritual, um, you know, um, and our relationships. And, and, and so, mm. if those buckets, the level will be full, but none of them can run empty. And so, yeah. I think with I see a lot of men now, what's em- what's getting empty is their relationships bucket because they're not seeing their mates, they're not getting together, they're not, they're not, they're not doing the stuff they're not playing the game of golf or cricket or having cards nights or going on boys weekends like they used to and all of a sudden if that bucket's empty it drags everything else down and uh, and I'll put my hand up I'll be honest through COVID-19 that's that's my bucket that's empty because I can't see people as much as I I used to and and it's hard.
0: Yeah it's so important to remember isn't it those relationships what might seem like a A frivolous game of golf or something that's sort of a fun thing to do is so important to ourselves and make and making us better parents it's a really important thing actually it's not a selfish thing to do to take that time to um to look after ourselves and um and and i think like like you're saying like when we become parents it's the most important job in the world i know i certainly felt that way but when i became a father and um put a lot of pressure on ourselves to deliver in it yeah maybe we're not looking at it correctly maybe there's um uh, you know, being self-sacrificial all the time may not be the answer to being the best parents we can.
3: And the old saying is, you know, you you, you, get, you get on the plane, they teach you to put on your oxygen mask before you give it, you know, you put your kids on. So yeah. you've got to look after yourself first um, to have, you know, to, to, to be able to be present and do all the stuff you wanted to do to be a man and be a father, to be that, that bloke you always wanted to be. It yeah. takes a lot of it takes a lot of work and a lot of balance and um, and I'll tell you right now, our organizations, our, our workplaces are gonna go generally are gonna go, oh, we think you should slow down and work less hours because then we, you'd make you a better father. You know, it's <laughs> actually it's about self discipline and self leadership because it's it's actually it's it's the, the number one factor in either success or failure in any part of your life.
0: For sure. Yeah, we're the captains of those ships. We've got to remind ourselves that um, we make the choice in regards to that stuff. And I'm also really interested in your thoughts in, in terms of the parenting partnership. So how, in your experience from who you've spoken to and what you've seen, do couples best kind of manage this massive amount of pressure that just hits a relationship when you go from two to a crowd in your house and, and it's kind of bedlam, how do couples best navigate their way through?
3: Yeah. Number one rule, communication.
0: Right.
3: Start Start early. <clears throat> start early. And I think if, if if dads or blokes, remember nothing else from this chat, it's know the importance of your role. Don't be sidelined. Don't take a back, backward seat. You know, be front and centre and go, you know, it, it's equal. It's, you yeah. know, mums and dads, it doesn't feel like it with babies. It doesn't feel like it when you do the first, you know, prenatal kind of birth clinic or whatever you call it it's you know because that, at that stage it's most about the mums but step in early and get involved and, and and absolutely understand how important dads are for daughters and for sons and and I think it's having being able to say you know this is the way that I, I want to do it because a role of a mum and a role of a dad are very different you know we're learning about as a baby as, as children we're learning how to uh, what 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 a what a male is and what a female is, what their what their roles are and how they how they model that. So I think what I'd say is is absolutely sit down and have that conversation. And that's at any stage. It doesn't matter if your kids are ten or 10, 10 weeks or, or, or fifteen. It's still you've got to sit down and you've got to be a team uh, because you know it because it changes so rapidly and dramatically as kids go from just screaming ball that's going to keep you up all night all of a sudden you know from I don't know six months and then into the two there's this sponge of just this soaking in the world and then all of a sudden you're hanging out with them and then they become your fiddle mates and but it's 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 essential that I think you and your, your 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 partner are on the same page Because the older they get, the more they're going to split you. They're they're, they're absolute. It's you against them. You've got to be united. And it sounds really basic, but you've got to plan it as much as you plan a holiday or your finances or anything else. It's how are we going to parent? And if you don't agree on that, and that's what I see the majority of divorces and, and, and relationship breakdowns happen, it's because they're on totally different parenting pages different it's like different books or different universes Mm. and and one's hard one's soft or one thinks they can do that and the the kids love that because they can just run amok they're like playing that off you've got to be exactly the same as a as a as a shop front presenting to your kids you may have it out you know when they're asleep in the in the bedroom and go look i don't believe in that but even if you pick one book to go from one parenting structure, you've just got to be united because what that does is then protect your relationship rather than the the stress of, you know, just fighting each other and fighting the kids, and it, it just doesn't work. Does that make sense?
0: For sure. Like, even when you're talking there, it feels to me almost like the kind of – formality and structure we have in work relationships, you know, performance reviews or weekly work-in-progress meetings and that kind of stuff, almost kind of having that approach to your partnership um, to keep communi- – is, is that what you say, like, yeah. so it might be a weekly kind of check-in or a nightly check-in or whatever it is, or using the same strategies, the same book? Is that what, yeah. sort of what you're saying? Like, having Absolutely.
3: that kind of form, yeah, right. You are You're a team. And if you're yeah. not feeling like a team, then it's not going to work for you. Yeah. Because, you know, it and, and and it's not just for your relationship, it's also for the kids. The number one thing thing kids need is consistency. Mm-hmm. And and so you know, I've worked when I was working in the Department of Health, I sort of got someone the worst of the worst. Yeah, but I loved it. Like, like send me the worst boys you can send me. Because I, I you know I was a bit of a rat bag when I was a teenager. <laughs> so I, I get where they're coming from. So so I think it's kind of. The first thing you do is just get consistency and it's consistency uh, across home, uh, consistency across both parents and consistency with school. Mm. So all of a sudden these kids just have one, one rule book. How easy is that? So they actually know how to regulate their own behavior because mum and dad are saying, you know what? It's pretty simple. Here's your box. (laughs) If you step outside that box, this is the consequence. And it's just the same box. And all of a sudden, you know, life isn't that complicated. you just got to take the time to, to kind of build the structure and the framework that everyone's living within. And it sounds boring, but it's so easy because then you can go and focus on the things that you love to do. Yeah.
0: Same, it's, it makes so much sense to sit back and chat to you briefly about it. Is someone listening, how do they go and implement it now? What do you think they'd be doing? you know, got a partner at home, a kid or two or three or four, what do you do? Do you is it a weekly check-in? Is it how do you how do you set this up with your partner?
3: Look, I, I think it's not I think it's it's sitting down and having a conversation. It's kind of a reflection going, how do you reckon we're going? Yeah. You know, it's, it's and, and one might go, we're going great. The other one's like, We're going terrible. So that's a pretty good indication if you're on the same page. And then I think if if it, if it is a struggle, and I've done this for a couple of family members lately, I've just gone, pick one. So I love Steve Biddeff. His 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 books, uh, raising boys, he's got another one that raising girls. I mean, it's just such a common sense. And he's retired now. This these things been around for decades. And and it's just a common sense approach to, to to parenting and what kids need at different stages of their life, at different stages of development. So what I what you can do, what you can do is as your kids get older, you just go and you don't have to read a whole book. You just go, okay, he's eight now. I'm going to read this chapter because <laughs> that's 8 to 10. Good as gold. <laughs> it's easy. You want to make that That's simple. And yeah. then if you read it and your partner reads it and you agree, okay, let's give this a crack. Well then straight away you don't have to fight about it and if if either of you go off 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 the uh, off the path, you go well what 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 did Steve say? You know, and it just it just means so oh, that's one one idea. The second is to actually if it's really Challenging, or if there's if there are actually behavioural issues with, with the with your your, uh, your your son or daughter or your kids, um, there's some amazing free stuff out there. Triple P parenting, you know, and, and so if it's behavioural issues, it's just it's behavioural parenting where you just learn the rules. And
2: yeah.
3: the old saying is if you if 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 you're setting consequences for your kid, uh, or things are happening that are making you more distressed or your partner more distressed than the child is, something's not right. You've got the balance wrong. You either got to rank, you got to, you know, dial up the consequences, or you actually you just because your role as a father is to be. It's really simple. It's you got to be um, bigger, stronger, wiser, and kinder. That's that's what a dad is. Mm. And you, if you can parent without losing your shit, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. It's a challenge, but it's a good thing. <laughs>
3: Every day, <laughs> my kids are listening, going, "You're a liar." <laughs> I know.
0: There's any children listening to this? <laughs> um, Aaron, thank you so much for your wisdom and your experience. It's just great to have a chat to you and kind of reflect on this really important stuff. Because I think um, I've certainly experienced it when you become a parent. You can, you know, focus so much on the kids, and as you said earlier on, the kids' work, everything else. You forget about yourself and you forget about um, your relationship and there and everything falls apart. Even if you've got those things where they need to be. Um, so it's time well spent and uh, really great to chat to you. So thank you very much.
3: Can I add one little last last tip in? Please do. I, If you want to change your life or relationship or, or parenting, two most simple things that I've stumbled on that I do first is book in once and once probably once uh, every couple of months or at least a couple of times a year get away with your wife or partner leave the kids behind put chuck them anywhere put them in wherever you can put them and go away because all of a sudden within three hours you go hang on i do like you remember how much fun we used to have how, you know remember the time we just didn't have voices the whole time some people don't leave their kids ever Go away, they'll they'll survive, you know. So do that. So that's that's quality time, and fun time. And the second is do the same with the kids. So sometimes I'll pick my kids up and go, right, here we go, we're going on a daddy date. And I actually, it sounds terrible. I take it to the pub. So we sit in the outdoor, and I sit and have a beer, and they have a lemonade, and we sit across the table, and they're eight and ten, and we have full on conversations. They are. It's just it's this. It takes fifteen minutes, but they love it more than anything, and yeah. they they just love your time so that's that's all you've got to give them is your time and that's the gold and that's the stuff that i remember when you're long gone so no thank you jeremy it's, it's been so an
0: true. absolute pleasure oh it's so true i mean the busyness of life gets in the way and just to and i think particularly particular I mean with children as well but with your partner you can forget who you were and you kind of end up becoming strangers kind of you know, ships in the night people often talk about you know where you just kind of tag teaming in the hallway and, you know, off to work and yeah. So really good tips there, mate. Awesome, Aaron. Thank you so much. Great to chat.
3: Anytime.
2: So when Aaron was talking about like the impact it has on relationships, I just kept thinking of that film. Um, It's got, it's called I think it's called beyond sunset. It's got Ethan, Ethan Hawke in it. And he's talking to someone about his, his relationship with his, his wife since they had kids. And he just goes, I feel like I'm running a small nursery with someone I used to date. And it's a, and I don't know that really <laughs> hit home for me because it kind of it just it really kind of captured that whole thing about how the dynamics you have kids and suddenly the dynamics of your relationship are just are just plunged into that that state of flux. You know, the woman who is formerly your your, your lover, your confidant, your partner in crime is now now someone you just just discuss <laughs> child rearing lo- logistics with.
1: <laughs> in the contrast with the first movie, it was a before sunrise, which was just all about sex exactly. and
2: conversation,
1: really. <laughs> It's just <laughs> not the same movie. <laughs> I'm laughing too much. But I, I really think that, that if, if I could just go back 10 years and, and play this podcast to myself and play Aaron's, Aaron's quotes to myself, it would be a really interesting contrast to see if I'd still be in exactly this position because my expectations 10 years ago were so different to what's actually, un, un, I was going to say, unfold, unraveled, <laughs> unfolded. It's, and I think expectations, Jez, we, you know, seem to be the real, you know, this is the real goal that Aaron brings to the table, which is being aware of your expectations, not only of of the marriage um, and of the relationship, but also of yourself.
0: Yeah, and like he talked, that really hit me right in the chest. Where he was talking about so many dads, he talks to. That are earning the big bucks, got the big title on the business card or whatever it is, got to where they thought they were supposed to be going because they were told that that's what they should be doing, and they're not happy. They're kind of there going, this isn't working, and <laughs> I'm not winning. Like no, no, I'm not winning at home. I'm not happy. Yeah, this isn't. This is broken. Um, because they're followed someone else's rule book. So that expectations really hit me. And then concerns are kind of and then he uses that book analogy to say look he, often when he talks to couples they're, they're reading different books literally they're kind of parenting in different ways and the importance of frank open conversations with your partner to make sure you're aligned in how you go about things how you think things are going that kind of the honesty that's required to
2: to keep the partnership going at home yeah it sounds like we could all really do with a bit of a, yeah, if we had had a better idea of what what what, what lay ahead we could kind of prepare ourselves for those those changes a, a bit a bit better doesn't it because it kind of it's such a such a radical change and I, I guess you know hopefully it's you know it's a kind of it's an evolution in terms of your relationship but uh it can be a p- pretty bumpy ride at times and it's
1: interesting to think you know would you go forward with gusto if you knew what lay ahead maybe that's part of the part of the the plan is that you, you're not entirely aware of how difficult certain things will be but i, I think that where it leaves you though is It's quite a, for me, I felt really quite taken aback by this idea that, because um, to me, it's a midlife crisis, right? The midlife crisis was the moment when it seemed to be almost exclusively men. Now, I'm sure that's not true. It's certainly the, the images or the, the cliches of the man, is of the man having achieved exactly what you said, Jez. They've achieved, they've, they've got to partner level in the law firm. They're, they're bald. They've got a paunch, uh, but they're, they're supposedly living the dream, and there's that sense of hang on a second uh, not I didn't want any of this I want a red sports car and a and to be sleeping with my secretary um, it's you know maybe if Aaron has his way we can we can help countless men avoid that the midlife crisis because he's saying analyze yourself now and this is where I found it quite confronting what are your core drivers what makes you happy and and all of these really big existential questions but essentially they if you can if you can, Get to know yourself as a man, then you stand a much better chance of being a better dad, a better husband, all of those things.
0: Because it could almost feel selfish to that point. Like, what are your core drivers and what makes you happy? Even when you say that, part of me retracts because I think, oh, hang on a minute, like it's family first. And I think so many men, and I certainly sign up to this kind of become this almost servant, you know, this kind of, you know, I want to be a provider and all that sort of stuff kicks in. The concept that he put forward of what makes you happy and and do that. Um, you know, and your partner should do that and make time for each other. Go on holidays without the kids and reconnect and make time for stuff that you like, makes you a better parent. Um, kind of gives this this approval and freedom to to do those things to help yourself and and help your connection and communication with your partner.
2: Yeah, because I mean, so many of us as dads, you know, we 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 have kids, and then we just abandon all those kind of former former hobbies and kind of pursuits that we love doing so much. You know, whether it's like playing football or tennis or, you know, surfing or whatever. And it's kind of yeah, no wonder it. No wonder we sort of uh, we sort of struggle without those things, which were kind of like the social social backbone to our lives.
0: Now, uh, I'm a surfing rock rockstar. Tell that story, Jez. That.
1: Um. <laughs> tell the story. This is this is a guys. Listen up. This is this is the peak podcast moment. Go, Jez. Okay.
0: So I was um, <laughs> staying in. Here we go. I was staying in Sydney a couple of years ago, and went for a surf at the beautiful Bondi Beach with a few of my mates, and I spoke to my now ex-wife on the phone, and um, and I said, "Oh, I went for a surf, uh, yeah, with uh, down at Bondi," and she said, "You." Um, <laughs> you did what? I went, yeah, I went for a surf with the boys. She goes, you went for a surf? And I had this striking moment of realizing pre-becoming a father, if you had to ask me what are the sort of defining characteristics of my life, I'd probably say music, uh, you know, running. I'm a bit of a runner. And surfing. I used to have surfing posters on my walls growing up. It was a key kind of part of my personality. And I had been with Emily for 14 years and it was such a foreign idea that I would go for a surf. She's like, what? What are you doing? And so it just was a moment where I realized that a key component of my self-definition just didn't exist anymore. Plus the fact that I was a rock star in my own mind. I had not picked up my guitar in about 10 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of added some pain to that uh, realization. So it was a real moment for me where I thought, well, wow, some of these key points in, that light me up and sort of give me energy had just evaporated from my life.
1: So, Jez, just, just to round that off then, what advice do you have for, for dads who have neglected these these passionate pursuits that make them who they are and and give them strength?
0: Yeah, so if I was going to I now reflect on it and think, well, firstly, uh, we're all stronger people if we're doing things that feed us and feed our energy and feed our soul. So I would say to any dads out there listening – to be doing those things and even as as simple as catching up with your friends, it is good for your mental health. So it is not a selfish thing. It is actually a selfless thing in lots of ways because then you present as a better father and a better partner. Um, and I was going to be, go even further than that. If you allow too many of those things to wither on the vine, um, you become a less full person. You become potentially less interesting, uh, to a partner, and uh, yeah, you just become this kind of soldier uh, of the family, and that's not that's not a good place to be. To go back to the uh, the hand grenade metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a good point to finish on.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps up another podcast. Uh, we could have talked for two
1: hours, two days, two weeks. We're just getting started, Jez. We we're reeling out the personal anecdotes. And, and I, I need to add one brief thing. You talked about disconnecting with surfer Jez, and uh i now have lots of photographic proof that you have reconnected with surfer Jez, because my inbox is full of pictures of you at urban surf
2: (laughs) it's part of my therapy mate part of the recovery um yeah but it also it's nice though i mean it shows it's never too late to to get back on the board it looks great i don't
1: know whether it's like a green screen or something but you look legit lots of photoshop work (laughs) (laughs)
0: so thank you luke and andrew and always great to chat and thanks aaron for your time and your insights just some really amazing thoughts there so thank you very much and importantly thanks to parents at work for making this podcast series happen this is the last episode of the first series uh they do amazing work
1: it's been look it's a cliche but it has been a journey we have obviously we've finished with an absolute cracker today what a a ride relationships gay dads
0: so heaps of really interesting information and insights in the chats and there's plenty more at com is their website. So please check it out and see the fantastic services that they offer and information that they provide. Thank you so much for Parents at Work for making this podcast series happen. Wouldn't have happened without you guys and we greatly appreciate the partnership and your support.
1: One last shout out to Nick Pollock, our Jeto master producer who has turned us all from bl- blithering fools into slightly less blithering fools. Thanks, Nick. And he's coached <laughs> us through such um, technical difficulties such
0: as not turning our microphones on, which is you know oh, man. pretty useful kind of stuff. Um, but we cool. got there in the end. And, we been um, challenge <laughs> yeah, we haven't been the easiest uh, crew to work with, but so thank you, Nick, you're a champion and 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 very much appreciated. Um, anyone who wants to check out what we do the-father-hood.com is the website to check out so thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure we hope you've enjoyed having a listen and um, hopefully we'll be talking to you all again soon go and have a surf dads
3: (laughs) thank you for listening to another great podcast proudly brought to you by parents at work We hope you feel inspired and you've got some fresh practical ideas to help you with your work-life balance. If you like what you've heard, please share it with others and subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast page. And remember, if you need extra support or would like to send us your feedback, please email info at at parentsatwork.com.au.